This episode is brought to you by Thinknear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. and welcome to Untether.tv. I'm your host and founder, Rob Woodbridge. How would you like a 100 to 180% increase on your return on investment in mobile marketing? I sound like a snake oil salesman, but I'm telling you the truth. This is based on a huge study done by the Mobile Marketing Association. Uh, this is actually called the Smart Mobile Cross Marketing Effectiveness Study done by the Mobile Marketing Association. Uh, and I have right now the President and CEO of the Mobile Marketing Association, Greg Stewart, online. And I, I just want to set the premise here because there is a, there seems to be a huge disconnect between the things that we should be doing, the things that marketers are talking about around mobile marketing. They say they get it, they say they're committing to it, and the actual things that they're doing in mobile marketing, I think that there's a huge gap. We talk about this quite a bit on all the other shows, and now I've got Greg Stewart, who is the guy to talk about this, who's on a road show talking about what this, uh, what SMOCS means and what the results of, these, uh, of, of this very important research mean. So, Greg, Thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. You bet, Rob. Good to see you again. So uh, for those people who don't know what the Mobile Marketing Association is and does, you know, can, do you have time? We only have a few minutes. Do you have like an hour yeah. to talk about it? No, 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 no. I got a real, real short one. Listen, we're the, we're the nonprofit trade association that's here to build mobile into a big, giant marketing business. I mean, that's fundamentally our mission. And sitting on the board of directors is Procter & Gamble and Unilever and Duncan Brands and Coca-Cola and Mondelez and Walmart. And, well, you get the idea. In addition to also Google, Facebook, and, you know, traditional media companies like ESPN and Weather who really care about mobile. And so fundamentally, we're doing that. We happen to be 800 corporate members worldwide. So we're a pretty big trade group, but kind of largely unknown, honestly. It strikes me that, that quite often you guys are everywhere, touching everything, but you do a lot of the stuff in the background, like this research that we're going to be talking about. Uh, but the association's been around since the dawn of mobile marketing, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the firm was actually, the, 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 uh, the association was started back in, oh boy, early 2003, but it was focused on text messaging and at that time ringtones. It's really only been lately since I came on board four years ago that we've really become to the heart of marketing and advertising and really very marketer focused. I mean, we're, we have a market, or if we're not mobile first, we're there, we're marketer first. So you've been doing this for four years. There has to be something in those four years that has surprised you that, uh, you know, mobile marketing has changed so much in that period of time. Is there anything that stands out for you from the time you started to the time that is today? Yeah, I'll tell you, there were two things. One, when I first got here, I was surprised to the degree to which it's a completely different ecosystem than Internet. I mean, I've been doing digital media now for 20 years, and I was like, wow, who are all these companies? I haven't heard of most of my members at that point in time. And in particular, it's those who are leading. It's not the sort of de facto leaders from digital. So that really caught my attention. You know, and I'd say the other thing, too, is um, – just the fact that there's so much interest in mobile today, like I don't find a marketer today who denies its importance, its value, its relevance. I mean, they're all excited, but as you kind of reference, it doesn't mean they're reallocating. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a two-step, you know, first they got to believe, check, 
Now they got to reallocate because as Bon and Bao from Mondale says, you know, uh, allocate or aspiration without allocation is meaningless. So he's right. <laughs> but we're seeing a lot of that, you know, and I think that that's one of the things that the study hopefully will shed a light on, which is confidence that this does have an impact on your business. And I've talked to many people, and and I think that you believe this. I believe this that if you're not looking at this, if you're not committing, and I don't mean just uh, you know peripherally committing. I mean committing to mobile marketing and what that entails. Uh, it, it could be designed disastrous for your business soon. Would you agree? Yes, I think so. Because I tell you, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves into the research, but, you know, fundamentally, any new channel has an advantage. And, you know, I can explain sort of why the pricing is and what that opportunity is here. We go through it. But you're right. If you don't get there and somebody else does, then their dollars are actually their investment into media marketing is working so much harder than yours. And, And that's a competitive advantage you can't give up. No, I agree. I agree. And, 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 you know, I just don't know that there's a belief. And, and that's what was so amazing about what you guys did here with this research. And, and I want to dive into that because, uh, you know, everybody comes to me and they say, well, Rob, I believe, but I don't believe. I mean, I have had a moment or two where I'm like, yes, that makes sense. And then it's, I sit back and I haven't had my hallelujah moment. And so do you believe that smocks might be that hallelujah moment for a lot of these brand managers and marketers? Well, Hallelujah actually kind of puts it into potentially the magic realm, and I'm not sure that it's magic. I think that there's a fundamental business dynamics, and I respect the complexities of making decisions in big corporations, which means that there's a lot of stakeholders, a lot of people who have expertise, a lot of people who control the spend. In fact, if you look at many businesses, the spend is actually controlled by the person who's least familiar with media allocation. In this case, it would be the auto dealer, because he or she sold the car, they believe they control it, the franchisee, the local grocery manager. who actually control a store, uh, a shelf space. So it's those dynamics that make this hard. It's not just a CMO with a wave of his pen saying, hey, we're going to move money like this. It's just not that simple. And so what they need is they needed facts, they needed data, they need irrefutable evidence of the power it can have for their business and their goals. And, and that's what Smock set out to accomplish. And, and do you think that it did? Let me ask Yo, you yeah, 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 yeah. No, listen, I, you know, I've done a lot of this research. I did a lot of it for the internet space, and so I'm pretty familiar with sort of the dynamics of what it would do. I, I felt reasonably confident. I mean, listen, we raised $2 million to go do the research, so I had better been more right than wrong on that. But um, I, I, I thought it would sort of prove out certain what I would call both the physics of media and the basic economics of how situations are. And the basic situation is this, is that there's a supply of inventory that's like this, and demand for the channel like this. My background as an economist, that tells me it's the deal of the century. The research basically proved what should have been intuitive economic thinking. Right, and, and I mean, just out of curiosity, Greg, what happens if it, the opposite was true? You know, when you, you put the $2 million in and this research came out and you're like, oh crap, this, we're, we're, this isn't what they want. This doesn't make sense. Well, we're, we're not there, Rob. So I know, <laughs> I know, exactly. I just, I always wonder, it's like, well, I, I just, I can't imagine that conversation. I think I would have been t- uh, talking to you as the former CEO and president of the MMA, I think, I guess, I don't know. Just sweep that under the under the rug somewhere. <laughs> exactly. But, but obviously it didn't, because some of these numbers are insane. And, you, you know, I think that the methodology around, around how you guys decided on how to demonstrate the return on investment, the potential from this is amazing, because you got some serious brands for engagement. Now, they're, you know, they're you. Are pre- your premier partners, and I mean, I've sat in through many MMA events, spoken at a couple of them, and I mean, I know the impact that AT and T has on this industry. I know what Coca Cola, the Coca Cola company, is doing in mobile, which is amazing. I mean, I, I these guys are innovators in this space. So, the, if anybody you should be talking to, it's these five companies that you worked with, Walmart, on, who are on the f- forefront of, of mobile tech, right? 
I'm going yeah. to assume, yeah. So yeah, well, yeah, Walmart doing an amazing job in how they're looking at media and their allocations. It's really, I mean, they really are. They are a very powerful and smart company. Well, they are, and, and I mean, so you've got you've got a good mix here. You've got uh, AT and T, which uh, from a carrier sign. You've got the consumer brand, which is Coca Cola. You've got the biggest retailer on the planet, which is Walmart, yep. and then you've got a, a payment company, Mastercard. Uh, so yes. this really does kind of encompass a, a huge, well, every area I would assume um, for for people that are looking for that would fit into a category. I would say uh, when it comes to, to mobile marketing, well, we're uh, still open to doing more studies, Rob. I'll just yeah. sort of say while we're, while we're on that topic, you know, I'd love to do automotive. We've been talking a lot to the pharma companies. I suspect we'll get one of those. Insurance has been a pretty big category for us. So I still think there's elements of it. But the good news is, I think as you're pointing out, we have major brands who have put their name behind sort of research that's been done around the power of mobile. And the good news is we have four, four well, we have four brands, five case studies. And so, you know, I think it's like, okay, it's like the data's in, yeah. it's going to start to move a little bit, but basically the facts are at the table. What are you going to do? So what was the big thing that came out of this for you? So when you, you bring up the research, how, first, how long did it take to accumulate this? Where did you spend the money on it? And then, and then what was the biggest thing that, that kind of hit you in the face when, you were, when the results came in? I've just realized that is a terrible sound. I'm going to have to see if I can get that replaced. But before I do that, and before we actually get to Greg answering not one, not two, but three questions that I posed there in one sentence, we have to get paid, and thus we have to listen to an ad from our sponsor that we love very dearly, Thinknear. This episode is brought to you by Thinknear. Here's co-founder John Hennigan to remind us we what they do. We specialize in delivering advertising solutions uh, for our customers that focus on location. They also help you save money on gas, whether you know it or not. They worked with a national fueling station with locations across the country. Brett Cohen explains what Thinknear did. One of the things we wanted to do with location is pull in local data and use it as part of the ad creative. We served mobile ads and in the banner creative, we actually piped in through an API local gas price information. It's actually telling them the lowest price gas in that, in that local area. And when they click through the ad, they could get a list of all the gas stations in their local area, say in the nearest one to two miles, and get the live real-time gas prices. We're giving them information that helps them make a better decision about where to buy their gas, where to buy their fuel, and that makes for a much better brand experience and a much better performance for the campaign. Think near, saving you money at the pump. And now back to Greg Stewart of the Mobile Marketing Association. You, you bring up the research. How, first, how long did it take to accumulate this? Where did you spend the money on it? And then, and then what was the biggest thing that, that kind of hit you in the face when, you were, when the results came in? Sure, sure, sure. So, well, it's taken us a couple of years to actually pull the research off. It was actually far more technically complicated than I think we had even anticipated. And, you know, I've done this kind of work before. And so I was a little taken back by just how hard it was. Um, and there really are no providers. There's nobody in the world who can do this kind of research. But let's, let's get to what it's really saying. Here's the fundamental deal of smocks. It's all about, I mean, listen, the, the end game, same budget, better results. But let me tell you what's happening. Basically, we're able to measure the value of a dollar invested by channel and then the return on that dollar spent. So i.e. if we invest a dollar in TV, we invest a dollar in radio, magazines, TV, internet, or mobile, what's the real return on that in both shifting consumers' attitudes, i.e. brand awareness, brand image, purchase intent, or as we were able to accomplish with Coke, um, actual sales. And so we now fundamentally know 
what, what, what is that investment worth? And when you have that information, then you're able to come up with an optimal mix. So the big, you know, ta-da, the big takeaway was is that generally brands today, based on how they use mobile, how they apply it, should spend somewhere between 10 and 15% of their total budget. Not of digital, but of the total budget in mobile. That's the big takeaway. But that's the big key. It's not just, you don't take from digital and put it into mobile. You take from the grand, the big pot. Right. No, no. In fact, some regards, you know, and well, in most regards, I mean, listen, there's radio's not a subset of TV and, you know, newspapers are not a subset of magazines. I mean, where this thinking that mobile is a subset of digital kind of came or internet came, came from is sort of funny, especially given that actually mobile's got more reach. So let's just ignore that. But um, no, fundamentally, it's about just investing, you know, a dollar. And we can get some real details around that. So we're able to also then dissect what's the value of mobile video, what's the value of mobile audio, what's the value of mobile, you know, display, native, social, we now have an understanding of all those. And I guess the key here is that it's not a one-size-fits-all world, right? So we're not saying that, you know, you might take from the grand pot, but, I, you know, the theme that I got from this is that, but don't stop everywhere else, compliment everywhere else. Is that is that the theme out of this? I think that's, I think that's a very fair point. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and you start to see that because I, I mean uh, you, you know certainly uh, the reach of, of mobile as you said is 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 quite large. It's much larger than anything else, any other media format that we've got out there. But uh, you know there's certain trigger points, and I found it really fascinating was that you talked about video and audio just as as key. I mean I do this; it's video and audio. I know people yep. advertise video and audio, um, but but the key is it's not only reach but it's frequency as well, and they're different depending on the format, depending on the medium, right? Right. Well, they tend to operate differently. Now, I will tell you that one of the biggest findings out of the research, the thing that caught me most off guard that I didn't really see coming in, we had a great discussion at the global board uh, meeting just last week when I, sh I really shared much of the results for them, but really was for the first time, funny enough. But um, uh, fundamentally what we found is that they the, that mobile video, mobile native in particular, and then also audio and social displays, they cue their effectiveness really fast. Now, let me kind of explain what that means. It's a little common. Most media have a diminishing return. It, you know, it, it's sort of it's a broad arc and it maxes out at some point, and it's very hard to kind of shift those curves. Okay, and TVs tends to be higher because it has more reach and more involvement and so on. What we found, though, is that where TV's diminished returns are like this, mobiles, if I can kind of get my hands right here, mobiles were actually a really sharp. It, it cumed its effectiveness, meaning that it created impact very quickly with consumers, faster than any other channel. And so what we think is happening there is that given the high intensity that consumers have to mobile, the fact that they're, they're really, they're, you know, if you're on your tablet, you're not distracted by another device. And if you're on your device, you're certainly not distracted by anything else. And therefore, you're wholly absorbing that message, that advertising communication right away. And so what it suggests is if you want to spread out your campaigns, you want to buy multiple uh, providers within that, and you, and you want to just be really careful, too, that, uh, that you just don't oversaturate your too, yourself too fast in any one place. Okay, that's a big deal. That's, that's real new information. Nobody, nobody knew that before. I mean, they would have been spending a higher frequency thinking, well, I don't see mobile ads, therefore I'm just going to run a lot. And it's like, well, that wouldn't be the best thing to do. See, one of the things that I, I mean, I've done a lot of work with print and digital and web and, and obviously mobile um, for the last number of years, but oftentimes people always come to me and they say, look, Rob, uh, mobile advertising, mobile marketing doesn't work. I, I never see my ad. So that's exactly what you're talking about, right? So, you know, so yeah. they automatically think, because they, they know they can flip to a newspaper or magazine on page A1 or C3. Yeah. They can find their ads, uh, maybe sometimes on, on, on digital, but not so often, but certainly not mobile. And and I always try to say, well, that's that's how effective it is, right? It's hitting the target customer. And you 
you, my friend, are not your target <laughs> customer. So, right? right, right. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if all the campaigns are so well targeted, though. I would appreciate that. There's a huge opportunity. In fact, that's one of the reasons too, where we came back and said, "Listen, right now, mobile is around 10 to 15 percent of a total mix." It should be if you start to employ real best practices, which means you're starting to do more targeting, it will move the 15 to 20 percent really quickly. And then as we start to see smartphone penetration move up, because that's really where the media element of mobile is, it's in smartphones, uh, you'll see that move to 20, 30 percent of the mix. What about, so it's, it's pretty gr aggressive. Yeah. And, and so what happens if you underspend? Right. Like I always equate it to kind of making half a commitment or a partial commitment. And I think that I see a lot of people trying it out. You know, it's the same people that buy five dollars worth of, you know, Facebook ads and say it doesn't work. Um, but my, my inclination is that I think you've reached that magic point where you talk about, you know, anything less than 15 percent spend. Do you start to see a decline in value? Do you, does it not have a big impact? Are you wasting your money? Yeah, I don't know that I would go quite that far. I think that there is an entry point. I think back to your early point, Rob, I thought it was very valid, which is that, you know, there's competitive risk. So as your competitor learns, and there's certain competitors that are going to do smart things. Like I was talking to somebody in the QSR space, and they were, you know, they don't have a lot of, uh, of retail outlets versus somebody who has a lot of retail outlets and can spend big in network TV and so on, right? And it was interesting, what, what this CMO was telling me, which I thought was so smart on her part, she was saying, listen, I can actually create more impact within around my locations than he can, this competing CMO can, with a much bigger budget. And so she said, there's a chance that mobile allows me to really trump them if they don't get there fast enough. And I know the other company's not getting there fast, so it's a big opportunity for them. So how do, how do people mobilize around this? Like, so, you know, oftentimes people will also say, hey, Rob, this is a big person's game, a big company's game, mobile marketing, mobile advertising. I'm just a small shop on the corner here. I got three locations. It's not good enough for me. So, or I can't do it or I can't afford to do it. So, I mean, how, how do you, this study must have, um, you know, I don't know, shed a little bit of light on the fact that it's not just a big company's game. Any company, any size company should be involved in this. Yeah, no, 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 that's, that's totally true. I think that it really is. It really, it really does apply to anybody. I mean, listen, mix is not determined by the size of your budget. Right. Mix is applied to whatever budget it sort of matters. And so from that standpoint, it is pretty important that, uh, that you get out there, even if you're a small provider within the context of your budget. Now, what we don't know, it's a good question here, is we don't know if at the smaller budget, does it mean that mobile, instead of being 10, 15 or 15, 20 percent, should maybe move up to a higher, I, I, I can't say that's that right now. Because that would be a different series of research projects we haven't executed, but I think you're know, definitely moving in the right direction. I think what you've got to remember too is that especially if you're a small provider in the way you just kind of gave your example there, which I think is a, is a really good one and, and happens a lot, you want to be very careful about just having the right budget, having the right opportunity to sort of go forward. So When you, when you look at this, and, and how, how are people supposed to digest this information and start to learn to apply it to their business? Is there, are there certain areas that where you think, listen, just start here, do this, start doing this, thinking about this, or, or build this into your, into your strategy? Yeah. So I think so. There's a couple of things. First off, is what I would advocate, having you know done this now for internet, now done it for mobile, is that first off, I think you want to create an internal company mandate to change. You want to make some kind of commitment. Now, often that maybe might be set in a goal, like you know, again, Bon and Val from Mondelez did a very effective job of saying, listen, the entire company is going to move to 10% of mobile. Now he did that even without the research. He just got the company to move. So he was, and it turns out he was right That's in that right. standpoint. Yes. So I think first off, you want to do that. Then you want to start to say, okay, well then, how do we start to reskill people that we start to figure out what do we need to do in order to have a new set of skills and then also who do we have to have as new partners for accomplishing our goals. 
So one way, too, that I, th I think a good filter to put things through, a strategic filter to put things through, is that there was a whole bunch of work that we did a couple of years ago, former CMO of Procter & Gamble, and it was what is the role of mobile in the market mix? Well, first off, its role is it's the closest you can get to consumer. So start with sort of the reallocation, gives you the budget to take some choices, make some, take some chances, make some choices, and then start to run this filter of like, okay, but if it's close to the consumer, what does that mean? And how do I get there before somebody else does? Because that's where the war is going to be fought. I think ultimately we end up fighting for the screen of the homepage of our smartphones. That's where the war is now. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. And it's funny that it's it's just condensed to that point, not the second screen, the third screen, the, the very first screen. Um, was there anything in the, in the study that that actually revealed this whole battle of app versus mobile web? Did anything conclusive come from that, or is it still out there? No, that's great. We didn't. We, you know, we, we still have some more research to do. We're, we're in field right now with Unilever. We'll ultimately do a study with Colgate. And as I mentioned, we're still talking to other uh, you know, marketers about doing more work because we'd like to figure it out. But I'd like to understand sort of the differences in the iOSs, you know, or, or OSs, I should say, iOS versus Android. I'd like to understand the differences in tablet versus device. I mean, there's a whole research agenda that we have. And we also want to see more about applying data to real targeting. We have an interesting project that we're not sure we're going to be able to pull off yet, but it would be combining weather data with targeting data with in-store inventory availability data I mean how cool is that amazing. but I'll tell you Rob, you kind of referenced earlier here and I don't want to miss these because there's a couple of things we did learn one is that we learned ads run for example QSRs between 11 and 1 work three to four times harder than any other time of the day boy if you start to figure out that your ads work three times harder just by running time zones or, or, or running time of day that's a very big deal so there's all this sort of nuggets that you can pull out of this. That's why we're sort of big advocates of like, you know, you got to get in there, you got to get your feet, what you got to start figuring out because there's a there's a nugget of gold there. You just got to go find it. Now, do you think that so we're we're, kind of, we're in the infancy, obviously, when it comes to mobile, very early on around all this yeah. stuff. We're still learning. You guys are still learning. Everybody is still learning, and we're learning by doing. Now, do you do you see a point in time where this levels off, that the impact starts to deteriorate? Because you know, at one point, as you know, uh, running the IAB, uh, you know, banner ads were effective, right? Now they're not, right? And uh, when we start talking about zero point zero zero one percent effectiveness in click through rates, you know, and and basically trumpeting that, we know that there's something wrong with the industry. Do you, do you see that happening in, in mobile around the effectiveness of, uh, of mobile marketing? Well, I'm not so sure that the effectiveness has changed, and I'm not up to speed on the data for internet. I would say that click-through, one of the biggest mistakes that I think the internet industry made is that it let click-through become the key KPI, the key metric for everything, and yet it means nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> So that's a you know that's a real problem. And then tried to bring it over to mobile, right? Wait, what's that? And then tried to bring that over to mobile, right? The click through yeah, rate. You know, we don't have as many people sort of as fixated on click through Thank and mobile, God. thankfully. But yeah. I'm I am concerned, which is one of the reasons why the MMA is launching another initiative here to the latter part of this year around really understanding attribution and sort of what that means. So we have a long ways to go in terms of figuring these things out, but, but you're right. So I don't, I don't know that effectiveness, I mean, I think that we're actually in this phase right now where effectiveness will go up. And we, we did have a situation with, with one of the studies that we did where they ran one mobile ad everywhere. And we said, wow, that's kind of like running, you know, like a TV campaign on mobile. Did, you know, what about maybe doing some targeting, either on demographics or location? Uh, what about changing the message, doing some A-B split testing? Like, there's so many things that you could do to improve the power of the channel. But we are, you know, you're, we are in our infancy. That's why I don't want to take anything away from those people. Let's get started. 
get the data, let's start going from there. You know? Now, would you think, like, I love that, just run it everywhere. Just yeah, do it. They did. It was. It was. It was like TV for a. It, it was TV campaign running mobile. It was pretty funny. That that always it always frustrates me because I think that you know we sit on the on the maybe on a little bit on the fringe. I get to speak to guys like you. I get to speak to entrepreneurs that are out there doing it. Marketers that are executing on amazing mobile marketing initiatives, like innovative stuff. And then I look and I see somebody do that, and I think, oh, guys, why don't you get it? But you're right. I shouldn't be that snobby about it. I should just pull back a little bit and understand where we are in in this entire lifespan of this thing right now. Listen, there's a you know. It's a fundamental thing, right? There's, you know, there's not a lot of opportunity for major change in the world, right? It's, it's sort of like the movie The Graduate, right, where he comes to Dustin Hoffman. He says, "Listen, the future is in plastics, right?" So he had identified a future. We've all had those, and we've missed them. Yep. I think the issue is that consumer behavior has changed radically. There, what am I as a marketer going to do about it? Because I need to have some response. I'm missing it because this opportunity won't last forever. Eventually, others will figure out, or I'll just follow along with everyone else. But right now, there's an opportunity to create great change and advantage for your business, and that could be sustainable. Light, you know, that could be sustainable change. Uh, and so you could shift more share to yourself now while you have that opportunity, or grab this opportunity to be on the home screen of somebody's phone, and all these things. And we just, you know, you got to get in and do it because it's not going to last forever. You know, I I so echo that. Is that I think about the the wave of the internet, early internet days that created companies like Adobe, right? Destroyed companies. Almost destroyed companies like Microsoft, right? Who would have thought that Motorola would disappear? All these huge companies that right. didn't see this tide coming. And I think that right now, you're exactly right. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. This is a sea change. This is yeah. a tectonic shift. And companies will emerge from this era that will become the next Microsofts, the next Adobes in this space. And now's the time to do that. Well, they're already kind of doing that. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at Urban Facebook. Airship, yeah. Zap or Uber or yeah. a whole series of companies that have built themselves in the back. Yeah. Now I think you're I think you're totally right. It's a very exciting time. But we often say internally, we have a sort of mantra within inside the MMA for the team, which is that you know we're here to lead the greatest transformation that marketing will experience in our generation. And I, I think that's true. <laughs> I don't think we're kidding ourselves about that. I would not argue with that, Greg, at all. I got a thousand more questions. We're under time constraint. I'm going to have to have you back on to the show to make sure that uh, we have a few minutes to have a conversation because I'm. We haven't even touched on things like wearable technology and augmented reality and the things that are coming down the road. So I'm going to try to key tee that up. But I wanted to make sure that people understood what you guys were doing at the Mobile Marketing Association and also to understand. Listen, this smocks um, smart mobile cross marketing effectiveness. You guys are doing a roadshow. Do you ever plan on releasing all of the information all at once once that's done, I guess? Is that when you're going well, to Well, so the offer that we're making is to major marketers, if you'd like to see the results of this study presented directly in your offices, please give a, reach out, you know, greg at mmaglobal.com, not hard to find, and we'd be happy to come show those results. And then eventually more of it will come out as we sort of go through it. And by the way, this whole project is going to last another two years. So we're in field right now in China. We're doing studies in Brazil. We've got UK. We've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Be really excited. Absolutely amazing. So go to MMAglobal.com. You'll see right now, if you're there recently, you'll see where they're touring. And as, as Greg said, if you want this in your office space, if you if you want to understand this and have uh, have somebody come in and present directly to you, reach out to, to Greg at uh, MMAglobal.com. Greg, I can't thank you enough for taking this time and going through this. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, great questions. A lot of fun. I love, always love talking to you. Great. Thanks, Thanks Greg. We've been speaking with Greg Stewart, who's the CEO of the Mobile Marketing Association, MMAglobal.com. And the research that you're looking for is SMOX, the Smart Mobile Cross Marketing Effectiveness, S-M-O-X. Greg, thank you, my friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Rob.